Hey guys, I'm Garrett. And I'm Jason, and welcome to the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So, get ready for the truth. Hey guys, welcome to episode 5 of the Small Town Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Jason. I'm Garrett. And we're ready to get this party started. Wow, we're I at say. five already. What? We're at five already. Oh, yeah, I know. And people are listening to it. That's cool. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, we appreciate it. Had some had some feedback on Facebook uh, and, and stuff, and some people uh, just kind of interacting with us. And uh, we we're very happy to hear that. We just hope that what we're doing is making a difference. That's all we care about. Um, yep. Not in it for the money, no, or the, or the fame, or nothing. We just want to see uh, the kingdom advanced. People come to true knowledge of who Jesus Christ really is. Um, speaking so, of uh, true knowledge, there. Speaking on that, um, yes, we we have watched the Todd White video. Um, just quick, um shocked i would say yeah let's just leave it at that uh we're going to do a special special episode on that yeah special report from stp (laughs) breaking news this is your stp special report um (laughs) but yes i mean both of us i think did not expect to wake up to that yesterday morning and uh i'm actually really glad we did i I really am (laughs) Um, but yeah, we've watched it guys. We want to, we're going to do a special episode on it. Um, something that's near and dear to our hearts because of our, our past. And, you know, some of our past may actually come into it because of that. So, yeah, but we are here to do a podcast. So we're going to do one and that's all there is to it. And we, we're going to continue our reviewing Romans. Romans 6 through 10, uh, really enjoyed preaching this message. I don't know if you could tell by watching it, Garrett, um, since we weren't able to be together, had to watch it by video on YouTube. Um, we'll post that in the, in the show notes. So anybody who wants to watch the actual sermon can watch it, but, um, really enjoyed the text. Um, what, what was shown out of it. God had to really say in the message and I, I really really did enjoy it so but let's start off how we always start off uh, with the infallible word of God now here the infallible inspired word of God Romans 6 10 and 11 for the death he died he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to God so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We pray that something is revealed to all of our listeners. They're blessed by the hearing of this word and that uh, God changes hearts to this and sanctifies by your truth. Your word is truth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Um, Amen. So, you know me, I'm a guy of action steps. 
Um, I believe you have built things with me before. Yeah. And I like instructions. And I like following them. (laughs) So I love that thing. I don't like watching the beginning of them videos where they're supposed to be telling me how to do something. They're doing all that jibber jabber junk. I cut it off. I'm tired of it. I want to know what to do. But right, right, meow. Yeah. So, you know, and it's like this, you know, we've, we've been talking for five and a third chapters with no action steps. Right. You know, Paul has been giving us the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a, Paul's given, he's, he's given us a law and gospel presentation. If you look at it really, you know, breaking us down with the law, giving us what the gospel is and our justification in Christ. Um, and no action steps until now. <laughs> and I'm so happy about it. Uh, verse 11, we finally get some action steps. Uh, I would say this too. Uh, it's good that Paul did it the way he did it. Otherwise we'd jump off in it and wouldn't know what we were doing. You know, right. he, he gave us the doctrine and I, and I think he, he, that's why we know he's an inspired writer of the word, right? Cause he was inspired by the Holy ghost and the Holy spirit knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, for me, what, what I looked at is when going into that verse 11, uh, so you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Um, it has that word also, which means that it's repeating something that was before. So we've got to associate with something that's beforehand. So that's why I preached on verse 10 again. Um, I kind of went to a different kind of a different like area when I did Um, pulled in some scripture that I didn't use before kind of expounded some things that maybe I didn't, you know, exposit before because of waiting on this portion of it. Um, And that's, uh, you know, it says, in verse 10 that the death he died, he died to sin. And I looked at, uh, at Hebrews nine twenty eight, where it says, so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save all those who are eagerly awaiting him. And, you know, when it talks about that death to sin, I really kind of looked at that, how he was bearing our sins. Our sins were on him on the cross. That's one thing I wanted to mention, Garrett. I was listening back to last week's, uh, reviewing Romans and it almost sounded at one point, I think just because of audio that I said, Jesus had sinned to the point where the father forsook him. But what I'm saying is that he had become sin to the point where the father had to forsake him. You know, that, that deep theological point that we didn't really dive as deep into just because we're trying to focus more on the other part of it. Right. Um, so just to clarify that, but the dealing with it, the bearing of it on the cross being his death to sin. Um, you know, you mentioned last week that only God, the son could do that. Right. He can only, is the only one that can take the wrath of God. Yeah. And you see that, I think too, if we put it in kind of a perspective, like, 
if we died in our sins, mm-hmm. we would bear the wrath for our sins. And that would be the most horrifying thing we could think of. Yeah. We got to think about Christ bearing the sins for all who would come to him. What is the exponential feeling of that <laughs> comparatively? You know what I mean? How does that compare? I mean, that, I mean, this is, this is the worst thing that's happened on this earth. Right. The cross is the, the, his, his taking on a sin and dealing with sin on the cross was the worst thing that's ever happened on this earth. And then uh, using, again, Hebrews, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, it's funny, like you read Paul and sometimes like he parallels a lot of things, probably because he uses the same kind of gospel method. But now most people agree he didn't write Hebrews, but there's a lot of like callback to what's in Hebrews when you start looking at some of the stuff in Romans. Yeah. And in Hebrews 5, 7, and 8, it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And that's where I kind of look at like, he, he was God, the son, right? Yeah. I mean, throughout eternity, there was an eternal fellowship of the Trinity. Uh, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit in eternal fellowship and love and union and, and joy together. And then suddenly Jesus is, ripped out of that and brought to this earth to take on a, a, a human form, fully God, fully man. And he went from that eternal fellowship and love to be a man born under the law. And he was a son, but he had to suffer. Right. Um, and, you know, and that's when he, we cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, cause there had to be separation. There had to be a separation because of that sin to go from eternal fellowship, love and union to my father can't even look at me. What kind of, what kind of feeling would that be? I can't even imagine at all. I mean, you you go to think, you go to think like, what if somebody you, you cared, a person you cared about on this earth, like just turned their back on you, you know, like, like say your father, say your father on this earth turns back on you. You don't have anything to do with you. The pain that you would feel will imagine eternal fellowship, love, no, no, uh, th- there's no falling out, you know, right. there's no, there's no human sin that can contribute to this. There's no sin at all that can contribute to this except taking on our sin. And then there's separation because of it. And that's the death he died to sin. Um, and then, of course, we talk about the life he lives. He lives to God. That John, uh, that verse in John, um, let me turn to it, John 17, 5, um, where he's like, um, you know, in John 17, as he's praying the, lo- the Lord's actual <laughs> prayer, the high priestly prayer. And he says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory, listen, that I had with you before the world existed. 
So the life he lives, he lives to God. He's now living back in fellowship with God. Yeah. And never to be separated again. Never to have to deal with sin again. It's over. It's done with. He has forever dealt with sin. His work is done. And when he comes again, it's not going to be to deal with sin. It's going to be to call those who he's redeemed to himself. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. Um, and now verse 11 comes. Bring it. And it's time to get down to it. <laughs> he says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Martin Lloyd Jones, my home dog. Uh, he said in, in the, uh, the commentary I read on him, one of the things he said mm-hmm. is this is it. This is the first application in all of Romans. We've said so much in Romans. We've talked about the doctrine of Christ, but now it's time to get down to what we got to do. And I'm so glad we had the rest of that doctrine, but now he's down to what we have to do. He says, first, first phrase. So you must also, and what that saying is like, what was just said about Christ, you got to apply it to yourself. (laughs) That's deep stuff right there. It really is. That we die, we death, we die. We've died to sin only once. And we now live our lives unto God. Yeah, it makes me think. Uh, back growing up, I think I got got uh, saved every weekend. Every at Sunday. least, at least if you wasn't going on Wednesdays, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then to uh, to read this and say, you know, this is only one time. Yeah. And I really believe that. Okay. Well, didn't get saved this weekend. Maybe. Maybe next weekend. Right. But I didn't feel it this weekend. Hmm. Or, or something. Experience, yeah. right? Or, yeah, experience. exactly. You know, yeah. And that, that's what we've, we've, we've discussed that in previous episodes, that, that experience and feelings excluded. You got to right. cut that out of the deal when you talk about the death that you died to sin. Because the one who experienced it was Christ, not you. You're just now in Christ, so you get to die with him. Right. We must consider ourselves. Yeah. It says, so you must, so you also must, and now, like we just talked about, experience is going to say, well, no, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like yeah. I'm saved. Just like what you talked about. I can tell you how many times I went to uh, youth conventions and stuff like that, and, you know, you just don't, you don't. I got saved at every one of them. Every one of them. <laughs> Say, and not re-saved. You can't say you're no. re-saved, you're saved. Yeah. Because if you say you're re-saved, then something's wrong, right? <laughs> but listen, another misconception we have is that we associate this with, this verse with sanctification. This isn't the sanctification portion. We hadn't gotten to that yet. Right. Get ready for next week, by the way. Um, <laughs> we haven't gotten ready for, into sanctification. We're still, we're still on justification and salvation here. 
that yeah. is in Christ alone. You know, this, this is a statement upon your justification, your salvation and the state that you're in. And you said that, that key word that Paul uses consider. We have to consider ourselves this, not, not, not hope that we are not, uh, you know, uh, feel like we are one moment and not feel like it the next. Yeah. We must consider ourselves this period, you know, and that I think is an important point. Uh, we, and we consider ourselves in this state for no other reason than Christ. And what is gospel and a doctrine that's found in this in, in the Bible, especially in Romans here, is trying to tell us, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any grounds on our own to say, you know, I've died to sin and I'm alive to Christ, to God in Christ Jesus, except the word of God and what it's told us. Right. And the fact of, of the crucifixion, the cross of Christ. Um, so let's look at what the rest of the verse means. Um, you know, because in order to, we know we got to apply what's true of Christ to be true to us, but we got to know what's true that we need to apply, right? You know, I mean, we can't just kind of <laughs> yeah. sling it out there and let's hope for the best. Well, we need to know what we need to consider ourselves. Um, first phrase, dead to sin. What What do you normal like coming from your coming from our previous background? What do you normal? What would you think dead to sin? Oh gosh, uh, I, I can't even think of it. I love springing it on you. Like, what about like this? Um, uh, sin's dead in my life. It's dead. Sin's dead now. It, it can't have any control over me. Maybe that's one thing you thought. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, I can't sin anymore because I'm in Christ, so nothing is sin anymore. And now I'm sinless. And now I'm sinless. I have sinless perfectionism, right? right. Nothing, nothing's a sin. All things are lost <clears throat> to me, right? Mm-hmm. We don't read the rest of the any verses around <laughs> it, but all things are lawful <laughs> to me. That's a good one for out of context. Um, but it doesn't mean that that we'll never have a struggle with sin again. It doesn't mean that sin is dead. It doesn't mean that sin can be ignored. It doesn't mean that we can't sin all of those things are not true in saying that we're that we must consider ourselves dead to sin we because we need to understand something and this this is a deep kind of kind of a deep point i hope we can maybe between the two of us we can kind of really kind of share what we're talking about here okay you and i are born under the sin of adam with an old sin nature. Right. Christ was born under the law, but had no old sin nature to deal with. Correct. Okay. You see where I'm coming from? So that's, that's our starting point here. Okay. So we don't consider ourselves dead to the old nature because Christ isn't dead to the old nature. He was never alive to the old nature that we struggle <laughs> with. That's sin. Right. You see? Yeah. The death he died was the fact he was under the law and had to 
fulfill it, take all of our sin upon himself and take the punishment. So the relationship to sin is what we die right. to. Because Christ died to that, we die to that with him. He doesn't die to the old nature, the old sinfulness, because then he never had it. He never had it. <laughs> so that's where that comes from. And honestly, that's where the defeat of most Christians come in. Yeah. Because I'm struggling with the old nature. And not, and not understanding. Right. And, and, and the thing is, Christ didn't deal with the old nature. If he had had to deal with the old nature, if that was some part of the majestic plan, then yes, we, we would be dead to the old nature because we were in Christ. But that's not how it worked. It was the relationship to sin, the need for punishment, the wrath of God that is upon those who were in sin and not in Christ. That's right. what and if he took to. away our nature, then there would be no point in sanctification. There would, why would we even need We it? would be instantly transformed. Might as well take and, it straight to heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. And, and I think we can, we can, if we can get that point as Christians, yeah. we will be a lot less defeated in our lives because and, un, and we have to get it in our heads too. I believe about other people giving them grace that, you know, we had talked about earlier for yeah. Tom White. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll save that for that show, but it will get deeper. Yeah. As far as not giving people enough grace to say, okay, I've been there before. Right. I've walked in your shoes. I've been there and I know yeah. what it's like to struggle. Instead, sometimes we automatically go to, well, you're not doing this right. You don't, you need to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I catch myself doing it too, but yeah, I, I, I've, I got to repent and tell whoever I'm talking to that, Hey man, I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and what it is, it's, it's our zeal for the word of God and, and the right. statutes that he has set forth and we love his law. You know, we're, we're Psalm, Psalm 119ers who <laughs> love his statutes, write it on my heart. I love it. Well, sometimes the zeal of his house shoots out of us and we go to, you know, wanting to beat people with the word instead of, Hey, let me give you grace here. I'm not going to give you a lie. I'll tell you the truth, but let's do it in love and kindness. Yeah. Cause was it talk about how kindness turns away wrath? It's true. Yeah. It's the truth. Now, so we're talking about that death relationship. Of course we know the wages of sin is death death that's that's what happens uh sin brings death uh a, a death a death of the body in sin brings wrath of course you know so christ is dead to sin in the way that he has lost any relationship with it anymore as he was born under sin born under the law he fulfilled the righteous requirement of it and in doing that, he actually has released the relationship that he had with it. And that's what we need to do as well. We need to see 
kind of what our relationship was. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. I think this is probably one of the best descriptions of our relationship uh, with sin is this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Sons of disobedience. That's what I was. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So what was our All right, that's it. Yep. I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> you see, <laughs> that's our relationship. That's what our relationship to sin was, right? Right. We're children of wrath because of our relationship to sin. Yeah, what was the uh the Jonathan Edwards quote? Oh my goodness. Uh with the bow. Yeah. Yeah, that that God is basically it's an illustration. I couldn't quote him exactly because it was long. But basically, it's that God holds back a bow of his wrath. And in his grace, he holds it on you while you're in sin and alive. And on the day of your death, his hand will let go. And you'll receive his wrath. But if you're in Christ, then that bow turns and shoots that arrow at Christ. And it, Christ takes the wrath. So you're a child of wrath on this earth as long as you were in sin. When we're in Christ, no longer children of wrath. And that's, that's the relationship that changes. So that's one way that we're dead to sin is in that relationship. Our relationship, we're now adopted sons instead of children of wrath. We're now adopted sons of, of the Father. And we have been reconciled to God. I, I, I read this, and tell me what you think, because to me, it spoke so deeply to me of, wow, I, I, I had to have a Savior. I had to have a, a mediator, a redeemer. Uh, it's, it's John nine thirty one, and it says, We know that God does not listen to sinners. <clears throat> But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. We're sinners. That, that, that's heavy there. God ain't even listening. You know? He, he shouldn't. He's not listening because we're children of wrath. We're not his children at that point. We're, we're not adopted sons and daughters of God. You know, people have preached that, oh, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Not unless we are in Christ. Then, If we're not in Christ, we are the children of wrath. We needed to be reconciled. We needed our relationship to God changed and our relationship to sin changed. Yeah. You know? And now, because of that change of relationship of sin, we are now alive to God in Christ Jesus. Um, I saw f- kind of four things um, that I think that alive to God in Christ Jesus means. Mm-hmm. Um, love to have any of your input and thoughts on it as we go over it. Um, that means to be, first of all, to be alive means living in his purpose. And the way I explain that is Ephesians 1, 4, where it says, 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be, listen to this, holy and blameless before him in love. Hmm. So God saved us for his purpose, right? Well, what's right. his purpose? To be holy and blameless before him. And if that's true, can we continue in sin? No. No. Because if we do, we're not living in the purpose he's called us to. We're not alive to God if we're just continuing in sin. That's one thing that kind of stuck out to me that old Todd White preached, right? Right. If you're continuing living in sin, I'm worried about your soul because I'm not sure that you've got, there is a change. Yeah. But there is uh, a justification there if you're just living in sin doing what you want because god's called us to his purpose to present us holy and blameless to to be conformed to the image of his son right right um oh uh the doctor has a couple quotes that i thought were really good <laughs> to live in sin is to go contrary to the whole purpose of god and then he said so to be alive to God means that I'm alive to this purpose of God, which is that I should be holy and without blame before him. He takes that verse and he just makes it alive, I think, by saying that. Yeah, you know, it's that's good. Holy and blameless. You know, you texted me one time and said, so are you living in holiness? <laughs> that's a question we should ask ourselves. Am yeah. I living in holiness? That's a good question. Set a timer that says that, right? Right. Put that on a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, am I living in holiness? There's nothing wrong with asking yourself that question. I think the problem is sometimes us Christians don't want to question ourselves in, at all. You know, we want to just bebop along and all the while the world's looking at us and, and, and not being changed, you know. Right. We don't want to be critiqued. Yeah. It's hard. Hard to be critiqued. Yeah. You know, um, the next, uh, thing that kind of struck out to me is, as being alive to God in Christ Jesus is that it means a different kind of relationship with Christ. Uh, and, and, and go with me as I go there. Cause I think you'll catch where I'm, where I'm headed. We can kind of get a little deeper with it, I think. Um, Ephesians four fifteen through sixteen. A lot of Ephesians in this. I thought I thought it was yeah. really matched up. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. Now, this different kind of relationship that we're talking about is a living union with Christ. Here it talks about him as the head and us as the body. Yeah. That's where the term body of Christ comes from. Right. Um, in John, I am the true vine and you are the Branch. branches. Okay, so we're in a living union with Christ. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it says in him, we live and move and have our being, you know, and I think that that just shows that that living union with him. I don't think we focus enough on that piece of it. Oh. We focus so much on the other relationship stuff. We don't focus on that living, breathing union that you know uh, we throw around uh just trying to be the hands and feet of jesus you know <laughs> when we're doing good works should do good works we should be the hands and feet of jesus yeah. if we can be on this earth but what is the what is the repercussions of that that means we are his body we are fitly joined together with him we are in union that's serious that's a, that's something yeah. we should, that's something we should consider also uh i think it means that we that the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're alive to God in Christ Jesus. That means the Holy Spirit's living in us. Yeah. The power of God alive and living in us, right? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead, living in us, that Holy Spirit. You know, and I think he's working to conform us to, to the image of the Son, you know, uh, that sanctification, you know. Yeah. We, we can't be sanctified without the Holy Spirit guiding, cutting, teaching, moving, uh, you know, doing the things that he does in us, you know, especially with leading us back to the word of God to, to find truth, you know, we need yeah. the Holy Spirit's life in us in order to live. Um, and lastly, um, and I know you're going to love this one. Uh, it was probably your favorite point if I had my guess. I don't know. Maybe I need to have that every week what's garrett's favorite point of the sermon uh ephesians 5 25 through 27 uh points to the fact that to be alive to god in christ jesus means that god's will at work in us cannot be thwarted it cannot be stopped cannot be changed his will at work in us will come to pass right and i actually used ephesians 5 25 through 27 which is kind of the uh uh husbands love your wives stuff you know but uh, <laughs> listen to what it says husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her now it doesn't go to the husband wife relationship anymore it continues with what christ has done okay that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. Listen to this without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So as we talked about being alive means God's purpose is alive to, to make us holy and blameless. It says here, guess what? He is going to present us holy and without blame. Right. And I also think of, uh, if you could go to John six forty four. John six forty four. Let me get there. Get there. I just read it earlier this morning. That was John six forty four. Uh, verse at work. No one could come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. The purpose is not going to be thwarted. Nope. He will. Jesus raise said, "I will him. raise him up." Yep. On the last day. Exactly. And how's he going to present us? Holy and without blemish. 
no blemishes. And it's going to be accomplished to all those in Christ. And that's peaceful. That's something great to know. If there's no other reason for assurance in Christ, it's that, that he has said that his whole purpose is to present us blameless without spot or blemish, holy to himself. (laughs) He's going to present us that way. He's not going to be thwarted in that. He's not going to fail in it. Right. That's great. That's when I think of resting in, in Jesus, resting in that, that's, that's what I think of right there. Yeah. Just gives me complete rest. You're content and joy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's contentment in that. There's peace in that. And that's the way our lives are supposed to be lived with that kind of assurance and peace. Anything else you want to add to it? No. Before we uh, move on. Well, guys be ready. Um, Lord willing in the Creek don't rise. We always add that in the South. I don't know if y'all know that Lord willing (laughs) and the Creek don't rise because the Creek could rise. You got one right on your property. Yeah. And it just rained really hard. So it might, it could rise. Um, We're going to try and record our Todd white episode tomorrow. If we can, Um, if not, we'll try and get it to you as soon as we can. Hopefully tomorrow is going to work for us. Yeah. We'll see. Um, But we uh, really, I really enjoyed preaching the sermon. Uh, That text is awesome. That text is awesome. You know, it's just great. It's not hard to preach a good sermon when you got a good text. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. You know, I can come up with all the self-help ideas I I want to and try and make a verse fit it. But when you hit that text and that's your focus, bro, you can't mess it up. Right. Can't mess it up. All right, G. Um, I guess uh, if you're good, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, God bless y'all and hope to see y'all on the next episode. If you love what you hear, like, subscribe, and give us a rating. Also, share this episode with your friends. Keep up with all that Small Town Pilgrims is doing on social media. Like us on Facebook at Small Town Pilgrims. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Small Town Pilgrims. What a coincidence that they're the same. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or suggestions, get your own podcast. Or email us at smalltownpilgrims at gmail.com. And now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. <laughs>